Nick, how are you doing, my man? I'm good. Thanks for inviting us to the show. Absolutely. Good Good to have you. Um, excited to talk about what you guys are working on because Mercury Lair sounds interesting. I keep hearing from people I trust that state chains are a powerful primitive to, to for like scaling Bitcoin. But, you know, whenever I try and like read some articles, I quickly go into like, I don't, this is too heavy. I don't understand it. And so if I'm feeling that way, I think a lot of people are like, they just, it's too early. It's too in the weeds. Um, it does seem like you guys are kind of at the bleeding edge too of like whatever a state chain is, Mercury Layer is currently the bleeding edge of that tech. So a lot to cover. Um, very excited to chat with you about all these topics. And, uh, you know, as Bitcoin rabbit holes go, we'll probably go into some la-la land at some point. But just to kind of start, I'd love to get like a brief background of you and uh, how'd you, how you got into Bitcoin. Sure. So um, I'm a software engineer by, by trade. So I was from college. I, I was programming, you know, C++, Java, weird stuff like Eiffel, <laughs> Python. And um, I was living in the US actually at the time, working for banks in uh, New York. And I think some guy randomly at the gym mentioned that you could run a Bitcoin miner at home and make money. Now, unfortunately, this was 212, 213. <clears throat> you couldn't just run it anymore. You had to have a quite a sophisticated setup. But it was pretty cool to, like, when I searched on the internet, there were these guys in their basement with all these, like, GPU graphics cards and heating extractions. And and then slowly, you know, I, I got into it that. I mean, I was already working for banks. I was a bit confused by 2008, how the banks went socialist and got free money from the government. I kind of was looking at gold, you know, the gold. I wouldn't say I was a gold bug, but I was a, I was a bit interested in gold. And then when I saw Bitcoin, it felt natural. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. And yeah, good. There was a good meetup scene in New York as well, which which helped. Yeah, you know, I think if I was in a town that didn't have a good meetup scene, I don't know if I'd have stuck with it. But that, yeah, that kind of helped me get me into it. And just from there, I think around 2016, 17, I started working in it full time. I uh, founded Commerce Block and been doing that ever since. Originally, Commerce Block was building Bitcoin side chains. We pivoted because that didn't really take off around 2019, 20 to other layer twos. Um, yeah. Ruben Sanson wrote the paper State Chains, and uh, we decided to give it a go. Uh, I guess we're very different from what Ruben wrote. We've, we we originally called it uh, Mercury Wallet, and then we pivoted again to Mercury Layer, and there's a few reasons why. And yeah, that's where we are. We hopefully Mercury Layer will be live in days, maybe weeks. But you know, it's there's no not going to be any code changes. Please. Okay. Very exciting time then. Uh, well, I think that's probably a pretty good segue then to just jump right in because I'm sure there's going to be a lot to cover as far as like the edge cases. Um, so maybe more, it sounds like you've been focused on scaling for quite a bit of time. Um, and we've seen like Lightning has been a darling for a while, like since 2016, 2017 as like the payments Lightning, the payment scaling solution. And now we're seeing like with high fees, you know, you, you have a lot of problems when it comes to like channel management. Um, so maybe first, if you could, Help us understand, um, like, what is state chains in the kind of landscape of the scale solutions that people kind of understand? So help us, like, block it with things like a side chain like Liquid and Lightning and some of the other things so we can kind of, like, put it on a, on a landscape. Yeah, so I think to start off with, I mean, I don't think there is, clearly there's not one scaling solution. So it's it's not in competition, definitely not in competition with Lightning. Sidechains, I mean, that's a different one. I can, 
I've worked in side chains, I can go into that. But at its easiest level, I mean, are you familiar with Open Dimes? Uh, roughly. It, it, yeah, exactly. So, Open Dimes is a USB stick. I, I don't exactly remember the whole operation, but you can put some Bitcoin on there and then you're basically, you can give it around to people. That That is a scaling solution. That's a layer two. What, but what are you giving? You're not giving the Bitcoin, you're giving the private key. And anyone who takes that private key can crack it open, extract the money. Essentially, that's what a state chain is. It's a virtual open dime. So you create a state chain, and there's a lot of funky cryptography and stuff in the background to doing that. And then once you've created it, you can deposit some funds, whatever you want. could be one Bitcoin, 0.1 Bitcoin. And at that point afterwards, you can send it around virtually. And there's some, again, there's some funky behavior there to send it. But from the user's point of view, you're just sending it around. Now, it doesn't last forever. We time lock it for a year, and there's a, there's a few reasons. And you know, and you don't necessarily get a full year. It, every time you move it, it decrements by eight hours, and this is part of the whole security model. But essentially, it works like an open dime. Now, what are the limitations? Well, you can only move around what's on that Bitcoin, what's on that state coin. So if you've got 0.1245 BTC on it, that's all you can move around. So it's not like Lightning where you can send whatever you want, where you know if you choose the digit, it's fixed. So there are limitations there. But what's better than Lightning is you're just sending this Bitcoin around. There's no inbound liquidity. There's no capital locked up in Lightning nodes. And, and that's probably the key difference. So I'd say it complements Lightning. Somehow, I mean, you know, yeah, we, I'm, look, as a company, we are working to integrate it into Lightning. There's a lot of challenges there. May work, may not, but and I'm, I hope that explains it simply. It's just a way of moving private keys around. Which, as okay. you can imagine, that breaks some of the rules of Bitcoin. Not your keys, not your coin. You shouldn't be doing that. So that was the cool thing about it. But, I mean, that's what OpenDimes does. You've, put, you've basically got a private key there that you're giving around. And is... is... If I remember correctly, the open dime is the one where um, it's a USB stick, as you mentioned, and there's some kind of mechanism where you like break something or poke something, and that like closes a circuit to reveal the private key. So, is it are open dimes one time use? So, they could you like use them, spend them, pass it on again, use them, spend them, or are they just like they use it once, you spend it's dead? Yeah, yeah, use it once, spend it's dead. And I guess Mercury's like that. I mean. Open Dimes is ultimately unlimited, of course. <laughs> I mean, you could sit in a pub and bar and give it to each other a thousand times over 10 years. It doesn't, nothing changes there. There are limitations of Mercury there. But yeah, once once you break the Open Dime, you basically reveal the private key and then you can use that to, to give the money to yourself. And and I guess state chains is like that. Once you pull back on chains, it's over and the state chain's gone. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like in the way that people would use an open dime is it's kind of like an IOU. You can verify that there's money on that open dime by checking the pub key. Not open dime and I and you. It's a bearer asset, which is one of the cool things about it because the you know the Bitcoin is is on there. So it's true. So so the fr- the friction point is that I do have a claim to the Bitcoin, but we're in this kind of like off chain person to person network of that we know. We know for sure there's 20 bucks in Bitcoin on this. So instead of cash apping you 20 bucks or whatever, I'm just going to give you this open dime. You can confirm it has 20 bucks and then you can hold it and go on chain if you want to and you're going to lose some transaction fees 
or we can keep passing it around and we we continuously know that we have 20 bucks in that barrier asset when we want to pop it yeah yeah got it I think. okay um yeah because that's that's one of the things when it comes to off chain that people everyone wants to do things on chain so it's verifiable and you get all these security benefits versus like you know an open dime is like i guess you're you're susceptible to like a wrench attack or if you lose it just like a hardware wallet so there's that um but you mentioned um it's time locked for a year and there's something about i think one thing that people understand kind of well is um lightning and this like bar tab analogy which is kind of similar i guess where it's like once you go on chain you can route it a bunch of times and it's not till you close your tab that things settle and they go on to main chain is does that analogy still roughly hold in state chains um not well with state chains there's no liquidity i mean if i want to send you a state chain all you need is a, a state chain address that you don't need any inbound liquidity that's that's kind of not my problem. My problem is creating the state coin, putting money on there, and then sending it around. You as the receiver, you just don't give a shit. I mean, you get a state coin, you can crack it open and pull it to chain, or you can give it to someone else if there's enough time. So it's a simpler use case like that. It's a simpler uh, flow in that way because you don't have to. What you as the receiver wouldn't have to worry about inbound liquidity. And I think, yeah, I think yeah, Lightning obviously you have to be online as well. State coin. <laughs> So I think it's uh, okay. in that way. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, it's in a weird way. It's like opposite of everything lightning is, but its limitations are what the strengths of lightning. If you see what I mean, what, what's lightning good for? Lightning is, if it works non-custodially, which is a challenge we all know, it's great for micro payments. I can send you whatever I want. I could you know, pay you right now, you know, 20 cents or something. And it's cool. But I mean, it's all the, the operational stuff around it with lightning. That's kind of clunky. Lightning and, and, and Mercury doesn't have that. Mercury's just like giving you know, open dimes around or bars of gold around something. I see. I see. Okay. Then on that topic, then, because the, if we have the kind of like lightning analogy where, you know, you can move the bar tab around, but it has certain what we call liveness issues, inbound liquidity issues. So it's like connecting to that peer somewhere globally distributed is, is a tricky endeavor currently. And I can pass it to you, but I have to be in your physical location or send it via mail. That's like the, delivery mechanism that solves kind of like the liveness issue that lightning has how do you so this is all virtual how do you get private keys in this case securely to the people in a state chain environment yeah so the technology that we use essentially i'll, I'll go through how it works and hopefully that explains it the process is you come to our server which is what we call a blinded server so it doesn't know what the hell it's doing which is part of the, the trick yeah and you basically buy um, you don't buy anything for, you don't buy a stake coin off us you pay how do you explain you basically buy a, a mercury layer session for example we'll call it a session I don't know what we call it but you basically come in you deposit some lightning or main chain and you, now you've got this blinded server session for one year and now you with our server and your private key and on our back end we've got a private key you can create a bitcoin address which you create on your wallet. We don't see it. We have no idea what you're doing it. We're a blinded server. We could be sell, you know, signing my mother's shopping list or whatever. So you create this Bitcoin address. You now deposit money. Again, we don't see it. We don't even know if you've done it. And then that's it. You've got your, your let's call it a stake coin, 
it's yours. It's on a, a Bitcoin address that you own and we know nothing. Now, as you move it around, you have to cooperate with us. But when I say cooperate with us, all you're doing is asking us for a blinded signature. And blinded is the key word. We don't know what we're signing. You, you tell us, please sign this. We sign it and that's it. Now, if you wake up one day and uh, Mercury Lair's gone, my, I'm gone, you do always have this thing called a backout transaction that allows you to, to, to pull the funds off chain, uh, on chain, sorry. So, and, and that's a security model. Yeah, that's kind of baked it. Now, hopefully we never go away. And, you know, we may not be there for perfectly good reasons. You know, the internet's down or the server that we are, we are, are running is, is, is slow for an afternoon. I mean, that could happen, yeah? So that mechanism allows you to always claim your funds and, and you have to work with us to move your funds, but we don't know what you're doing. So we we like to say we're permission. It's, it's not permissionless because we have to be up, but, but we don't know what we're doing. So there's no censorship in that sense. And, and that's Got how it, it works. That's, that's the life cycle of it. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a diagram here to kind of piece it in my head. Um, and I have some follow-up questions. Um, sure. One thing one to make sure, are you calling it a state coin? Once I peg in, I'm not sure if peg is the right term here. Yeah, once I, we used to call it a state coin because that was what we written in the software. But I mean, we don't see anything. We, we we have no idea what you're doing. We're just a, from from our point of view, we're a blinded signer. It's very simple yep. on our point of view. I mean, look, it's complicated cryptography. But I was going to say, so so the way that people can understand this, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, is that in a a lightning environment, it's peer-to-peer by nature. So, like, I can only connect to Nick if we have a, a channel together or a route to each other. Um, and we both got to be online, etc. With this, um, what you're saying is a blinded server, which kind of acts like an operator, but because of the way it's... Yeah, yeah and but because, but because of the way it's written, it's very cryptographically secure, and you have no idea what you're doing. It's just checking against the cryptography signing things when it needs to and so you are working as a user it's kind of like a very robust black box that can watch things and send them but you you peg in btc then you get this representation of the state coin that equals that same one-to-one peg if you will yeah so yeah there's a few things there so it is centralized i mean look there could be a mesh of mercury letter nodes in the future i mean everything we've done is open source but I mean, we're not responsible for that. So, if people were serious about it, we we well, we have an open Telegram group. We, we've docker. We, I think we've dockerized the server so people could run it. But until that happens, but you know, even if we did build, even if people started to run their own Mercury layers, they they wouldn't be fungible. You know, you you would only be able to work with the server that you originally created one from, uh, and that, that's one challenge. Um, like every layer two, the trust is not perfect. As you know, in Lightning, there are pinning attacks and stuff like that. There are attack vectors. That's why you have punishment track to, uh, transactions. In with with Mercury Layer, you have to trust us to behave honestly. Uh, the difference, I'd say, the difference with us is if we were to misbehave, like if we lied about the cryptography we were running, things like that, you would have evidence that we behaved badly, and and that's part of the. The protocol so we are what we call i think the best way to call us well i think every layer two is that's non-custodial or doesn't have custodiality does have a few trust assumptions we would say we're proactively non-custodial like 
no one can come to us and stick a gun to our head if we act honestly and say, yeah, take your funds. Because we all we have is a bunch of private, we have a bunch of private keys that we delete upon transaction, but we don't know what they're signing. We don't know what they're doing and things like that. But, you know, if we were to misbehave and not do the things we've said we've done and try and capture information, if you were to wake up one day and not see your funds there, you would, you would have cryptographic proof that we misbehaved. Does that make sense? It does. Um, we've written a lot of stuff. Like we provide proofs. We've done a lot of stuff for that. Yeah, we we've even run the software, the private key signing in an HSM. We provide proofs at the HSMs. So you know, it it have to really go wrong. And and at the moment, we're confident that won't. There is a risk. I mean, I, and I want to say every layer two has a risk. If you want layer yeah. one security, you're gonna have to pay layer one transaction fees. <laughs> yeah. Makes you know, sense. Not, as I said, we're not, you know, we're very different to Lightning, but yeah, we run Lightning nodes. We were involved with Lightning. It's, it's just a different different tool. Because I, I don't, there's clearly not going to be one scaling solution for Bitcoin, unless you count, you know, Coinbase as a scaling solution or something. But uh, in this kind of like non custodial, trustless world, it's going to be a mesh of things and that's just reality. Okay. Yeah, I got some. I definitely got some follow-up questions because this is, um, I mean, I like the, uh, there's this thing where it's like everyone wants things to be perfectly trustless and then there's like a murky valley quickly after that and people don't talk honestly enough about it. And so you guys are very forthright of like what, what you guys are, what you guys aren't. So the way the way to think about this is that, as you said, you are centralized, but the way the server is written you have no idea really what's going on on the server. You can't see amounts. You can't see destinations. You can't see receiver addresses. Um, so I guess one thing to try and understand is like either for you guys or if someone running is running a Mercury layer or a state chain, um, what what do they see that they could attack? Like things come in and they could just like not sign a transaction or they could try and spit. Like what? what... Yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to go through an attack vector. So... For example, uh, let's, let's, let's invent one. I, I, okay, so I work for the company who runs the, the Mercury node, yeah? The Mercury server. I could, in the chain of state coins, be one of the owners at one previous time. So I would, you have a state coin, I could be a, a previous owner of that state coin. I, you could say, could work with the company who runs this to not have deleted your key share. So that means I could cooperate with the server to steal your funds but if i was to do that well a well maybe for first of all a that can't happen because we run server that uh, we run software in an hsm a hardware security module that deletes all that and we provide a proof but just to say you know we didn't do that we meant oh i managed to break the hsm because that's what we'd take or not have to break some of the software if I was to work with the server to steal your funds, because you're the latest owner, which was signed by the server, you would have proof that there was dishonesty. Now, how much is that worth to you? I don't know, but you know, we're a UK company. You've got you've got cryptographic proof that you know the server was dishonest. Does that make sense? Got it. It does. It does. Um, yeah, I, I guess software. There's a lot. There's a lot of software that has been built to not allow that happen and we haven't finished there so eventually when people transition we'll, we're, we're going to give a signature to prove that 
we, we've deleted everything on the on the on the on the server side. Yeah, one of the hardest things in computer science is to prove you've deleted software. Yeah, <laughs> anyone can go on their computer and click delete. But as you know, even if you go on your laptop, which I assume you're using, you click delete. It's not actually deleted. It's right. be in the paste bin. If it's in Linux, for example, it's in this kind of buffer area and it gets defragged later. So proving yep. you delete something is actually one of the chi- the the challenges. So what we did is we run this in an HSM to do the deletion. But, you know, HSMs can be hacked. I mean, we're not going to lie there. But, you know, this is Bitcoin. I mean, this is there's a risk to any of these layer twos. And we've kind of decided to be upfront with the risk and then give you proof if something bad's happened. So that, makes, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I think that's something probably people don't understand when it comes to computers. It's like when you delete it from your waste bin, you know, <laughs> you don't see it. You don't see it anymore. But those, I mean, those code, that code is still there until you override it with something else or you use some program to like clear it because otherwise you're just going to be a bunch of extra wear on your hard drive is my understanding. Um, I mean, like, so this is not me bashing lightning. Cause I said, we, we, as a company and we're, we're small, we're about eight people. We work on lightning software that, and part of our running our nodes, there's a lot of attack vectors in lightning. Yep. Lightning has these punishment transactions to keep it honest, which is a good thing. I mean, that's quite innovative, but it's, it has a different set of attack vectors. Makes sense. Yeah, we've seen this too in the um, the ordinal space because PSBTs have been around for a few years, um, but they really got like use case with trading ordinals where you're just moving BTC around, and there's this there's this attack vector where it's like if I sign my transaction side, and you know I'm selling something for point one BTC and then it goes down or up in value, I have to I have to hope that the marketplace I'm using is going to delete that PSBT. Otherwise, there's a claim in the future that they could post. Um, so s- similar idea. It's like you think you delisted, but did you really? Like it's hard It's hard to say depending on the marketplace. Um, I, mean, it sounds, I want to... Sounds a lot of, yes. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. If you have any follow-up. A lot of ordinal projects have come up to us saying, could they use Mercury Lair? And the first thing I said, I wouldn't know if you're an ordinal project. Just pay the... Mm. But you can imagine from it why Ordinal's projects would love Mercury Lair because, as I said, we're moving around private keys, but those private keys could be Ordinal JPEGs. Um, so now you could create trading games on top of Mercury Lair to like swap your Ordinals. And you could swap one for two, two for one. And yeah, we've had some initial chats. I mean, we, I think I put a tweet on how you would do it using Mercury. Our API, we, we looked into it. Our API does not not support, it doesn't, it doesn't explicitly support ordinals, but it doesn't not support ordinals. So we decided to leave it and explain how people can do it. But I'm not getting into the, I don't give a shit if people want to put JPEGs on the blockchain. Bitcoin's permissionless. We have to deal with it. I'm not into filtering yep. and all that. I mean, it's, I guess I've been enough in Bitcoin to see that this, been, this has been done for years. I mean, we had this with Counterparty and the rare Pepe's. It'll come back, it'll go. And yep. I think something good will come out of ordinals anyway. Maybe there'll be innovation like doing zero knowledge proofs on bitcoin totally yeah well well said uh i want to i want to touch base on the trust model a little bit more because like one thing i that was interesting talking to some of the feddy guys is like it's it's clear what it is it is a federation so you're trusting a fed you're trusting a multi-sig they do some you know chamian blinded e-cash stuff um but it's a multi-sig like don't don't assume Fed is going to be the perfect scale solution. You're trusting some subset, and so their their thing is like, 
I think they call it like a wallet test where it's like, what group would you be willing to give your wallet away to for some amount of money? Like if there's 20 bucks in there, that group can be more untrusted than if there's a thousand versus 10,000. And so your, your trust assumptions need to increase of like who's in that federation, depending on how much you're going to put in there. Um, it sounds like, and come tell me if I'm wrong, with this, it's you're trusting the server. So that's the centralized piece. Um, so there's a reputation aspect there of like, do you trust, you know, Blockstream, for example? Do you trust Mercury Layer? Um, but when it comes to the signing piece, is it in, in Fediment, it's like a, you know, seven of 12, whatever it is. Is this a one of two technically, where it's like I'm signing and the server is signing? And that's how things move around, or is there something else there? No, it's essentially it's a, it's a, a two of two. So for you to move a state coin, you've got to sign it with your private pre in cooperation with us. Yeah. The security label is is if you wake up in the morning and we're gone, you've got the ability to basically broadcast a transaction to go back onto the main chain. And if your funds are gone, because you've got that transaction, that transaction acts as cryptographic proof to show that you're the owner of those funds. And one, we do get questions a lot, why didn't you have a federation on the server? And, well, with the current blinded server, I'm not sure that, that you know, that would be a lot of kind of crypto... Yeah, the, I'm not sure if the cryptography is uh, mature enough. But even if it was, the question is, well, who's the federation? I mean, one of the questions Blockstream goes, get asked about Liquid is, who are their 15 members? And are they public? Are they not? And as a company, if you, know, you wake up one morning and I say, you say to me, your funds are gone, what am I going to do? Oh, it's the free federation members out of Mongolia or whatever. We felt that it was better just to have a security protocol where we're blindly signing. We run our software as secure as possible. We use BPC, proper company. We do all that. And then we have a protocol to, to, to basically for you to pull out your money and we can generate proofs that we've been hating honestly. And that's, I think, is the best you can do. Yep. That makes sense. Um, okay, some nuanced questions. I'm arguing in that people who build Lightning wallets, they they get blamed for the performance of the Lightning Network. And I have to yeah. think about that. And they're like, well, it's, yeah, I don't want to be blaming the federations. I think that's complicated. And yeah, Feddy is shared custody. I mean, they're quite open about it. It's not, you've got to share your friends that you decide to Feddy up with, per se. Feddy up with, I like it. <laughs> I'm familiar with Feddy. I, mean, I think in, in another side project I work on, we look at the Feddy code quite a lot. I think I mentioned yours that involves something called CivKits. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tool. These are all tools, and you can't be religious for your screwdriver. The hammer may be useful sometimes. <laughs> totally. Yep. And yeah, we're still in the early days, too, where like a lot of these don't talk, but like in the future, they're definitely going to be like, it's going to be much easier to switch from the, the screwdriver to the drill to the hammer. Um so that's just a that's just a matter of time. On the topic of state coins, I want to make sure: um, are these do these amounts? So you can peg in say one BTC, um, and as a time lock, so you can you can use that state chain for up to a year, but you can peg out early if you want to. Whenever you want. To. Yep. But once you're on that state chain, does the um, balances move like i want to break down fungibility and like spend point whatever or or do i have to peg in the amounts i'm gonna yeah go ahead in theory you could swap with someone but but there's nothing in the pro the only thing that allows that to happen is you could swap your state coin to 
other state coins. So, you know, you could have 0.5 and you could swap it for 5.1s. But I mean, we that's nothing to do with us. They're, they're fixed. I mean, that's that's the, that's the, the benefit and the limitation. They're fixed amount. Got it. Is that, that sounds like a pretty big limitation. Like what's the, if, if you can't. Yeah. Interesting. So what are the big use cases then here? If we can't, if we can't increase or you have to, it sounds like your pegging amount has to be very deliberate for a use case. Yeah. So in a, in a pre, we, we built, this is the second version of state chains we built. We built Mercury wallet before people, and we, we never had a huge amounts of users, but people would always do point ones and they would build up a set of things like, you know, 5.1s, 0.01s. That's how they built it. But if you think of it, if you combine this with Lightning, all the problems you have with Lightning are kind of solved with, with Mercury in that no inbound liquidity, inbound liquidity, capital inefficiency. Mercury has none of that. So if you combine it with Lightning and if you had a service where you could swap your stablecoin into a Lightning channel, for example, then that limitation of Lightning the state chains goes away because when you want some loose change, you just go to a lightning channel or you could flip a, I mean, I don't know if the market will appear, but if a market appears on Nostra, some sort of decentralized market where you can atomic swap from a state coin into a, a lightning channel, that, that'd be awesome. I mean, I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I mean, that, 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 that would be cool. And I think maybe lightning service providers who, uh, who, who realize they've got to have all this liquidity locked up to support lightning maybe they could push some funds around with state coins people have discussed that we we, we wrote a spec on how to do that but it's um, be honest it's very experimental there's a lot of things that can go wrong but maybe as lightning starts to you know struggle under high load or maybe because it needs so much liquidity it just you can't get any more liquidity you know maybe people would look at integrating state chains and yeah some of the lightning guys that i've spoken to they're curious about it they're open to it I think the problem with Lightning is it still does <clears throat> still doesn't have that many users. If we're honest, I mean it has more users than us, and but that's that's not hard. Low bar, so, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, look, a bull market, <clears throat> a bunch of JPEGs on the blockchain, yeah. You know, transaction fees of thirty, forty dollars that could bring a lot of demand in this space for Lightning state chains and side chains. Let's be clear. Yep, that makes sense. Okay. Um... On the topic of using this, so like, we people know like how to peg into a side chain like Liquid or Bootstock. They they that's a known. Uh, you can see how how you peg into that process and you get that representation of one to one. On RGB, it's a little harder to grok, and most people are, haven't used RGB yet. But like, it's client side for the most part. So once you peg in, it's just like tied to UTXOs. Um, for this, like how. If if people are looking in the forward, things are live and they're using a state chain, um, what's the user flow? Like from a wallet to pegging in, uh, what's that look like? Yes. I mean, I'll have screenshots. I'll probably tweet some screenshots of, of a sample wallet by the end of the week. But it's very simple. You literally go on your wallet, you click, jet, you, 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 know, you create a private key as per usual, 12 words. You, 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 work, you generate a few uh, Bitcoin addresses, which are your state coins. Every state coin you have is as an ID. That's what we see. Uh, you create them and you deposit what you want. You deposit one Bitcoin, 0.1 Bitcoin, and it's very simple. Then after that, you you can just send them around. It's we we already built a wallet previously, Mercury Wallet, and uh, but that's obviously deprecated now. We've, we've dumped that. But the the UI was always kind of simple. 
I think at the time there was just not really a strong use case for it. But I think now with ordinals, high fees, I think that would be different. And we, we've changed the approach. We, we're not going to be pushing aggressively a wallet. We, we really hope we can get this integrated into other wallets. And, we, and we've spoken to people already. I mean, that's that's happening. Got it. So the... If you, I don't think there's a market for state chains only wallet because then you're going to want you know, a Bitcoin main wallet and all, all that stuff. And then why would we be, be in a position? I mean, I think there's enough good wallets out there. It's really to integrate to others. I see. So you, the way you use this is you spin up a uh, Mercury address or a state chain address, and then you send Bitcoin to that address. Um which is a well, basic yeah, Bitcoin transaction. It's a normal Bitcoin address that you generate on your on your wallet or device. It's a normal Bitcoin address. You're just cooperating with us to generate that private key. You're using your private key and basically a signature from uh, a you know, signed transaction signature from our server to combine that to generate you a, 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 a private key that could represent Stakecoin. Got it. And I'm assuming the because people are always concerned about, you know, increasing fees. And so there's there becomes this question of, like, how dense is the transaction? Like, obviously, sending, you know, basic Bitcoin to some other address is not super intensive versus, like, a very, you know, you have a bunch of stuff in the transaction. On chain, it just looks like a normal Bitcoin address. There's nothing. There's no metadata. There's nothing. All the funky stuff is done off chain. Got it. Okay. So, so the address is... Just the fact you've spelled that address is the innovation. As far mm-hmm. as far as like what the what the on chain sees, there's not there's no like if you look at an anchor block of someone who's merge binding rootstock, you could tell they're merge binding rootstock. There's no way to tell they're pegging into a Mercury layer. Yeah, and that, that's where people say it's private because you, all you see is an, another address, and of course, obviously, if you move that state coin around, nothing moves around on, on the Bitcoin blockchain. Got it. Okay, that's 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 really interesting. On the topic of moving things around, then what's the what's the mechanism of action here? Like, is it happening through the server? Um, are wallets supporting some kind of network connectivity? Well, you have to connect to the server to get a signature to sign a, a movement. But I mean, you, the way you connect with the guy you want to move to, I mean, the guy, the person you want to move to has to generate you a uh, an address for you to sign, send to. And of course, that person has to interact with the server. So you do need at that level. But in terms of like sending, no, that's that's between you and the user. This is this is actually this has been super helpful. First of all, so thanks for breaking this all down. Um, thanks for talking about it. Yeah, I mean, the I could definitely see the scaling benefits and the privacy benefits. the The limitations on the like things being locked sides is really big as, as far as especially as far as like traditional use cases like this becomes like um if i'm imagining what this would look like is you'd have a marketplace for example for ordinals and then when you agree to a purchase price that's when the wallet address gets spun up and then you start the process of pegging into the mercury layer like i guess there's a question here like what what do what is like common use cases you identify that like the market could see um as far as like how you like scripted them it doesn't say anything no, no, no. I mean, I mean, um, I mean, like, how would a builder leverage Mercury to build out a use case that the market might sustain, like, based on current behavior? If that makes sense. Um. Yeah. So the kind of people we've spoken to. I mean, we're involved with Nostra a bit. We're one of our biggest fans. 
is, is Fiat Jeff. So he tweets a lot about state chains, but you could see like a, a market on Nostra where people are swapping these state coins into lightning channels, you know, atomically. So, you know, you, you use state coins to move around. You're now stuck with this state coin. You can't spend because it doesn't fit anywhere. You then flip it into a lightning channel. I see. There'll be a fee there, of course. So there always is an arbitrage fee, but that, 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 that's the kind of thing we see. And how, how you flip that, there's a lot of ways to do it. And then, look, flip. as I said, light, I mean, for us, the goal, and, and look, we, I don't know if this is even possible, but this is the research we do, is, is Mercury is just providing these signatures that allow you to move private keys. Why can't those private keys be private keys to lightning channels? Now, we wrote a spec about it, but you know, when I say a spec, it was very high level. There was a lot of attack vectors. But maybe as a, in a high fear environment, maybe if some of the lightning guys get interested, you, know, you could see a world where you can, you know, instead of just moving Bitcoin around, you're moving lightning channels around. That'd be cool. Now, there's, I, I, yep. just off, you can just imagine on the back of a post-it note, there's a lot of challenges there. What happens if you move a, a lightning channel and then the previous owner broadcasts a backup state and things like that? <laughs> there's a lot of things that can go wrong. But I, I think that's a model that we aspire to that we think could work after some research, some hardening as well, maybe some upgrades to lightning. Got it. Okay. Very interesting. Um, you briefly mentioned that you guys might be dropping stuff in the next week or two. But yeah, what's the current state of uh, like the product as is, especially for like people watching this, they're devs and they want to interact with it. Like, How can they get started? But yeah, where's that currently? And then... We're just we're just cleaning we're just you know uh, setting up hardware to to run it in prod and come to our telegram channel it's, it is active it comes you know there are people already that come to us and they ask we've had phone calls of various uh, projects around the world people who want to build on top yeah we we want to promote this clearly we 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 want to support this we'll we'll get on you know, one there was what like two weeks ago I, I had a six a.m. call with people in Asia and. and a 6 p.m. call with people in California. Yeah. So look, we're, we're pushing this. Yeah, we're, we're not asking for money. We, we'll give you dev support. We just want people to use the service. This is something we've been working for for years, and we just want user adoption. We want that network effect. Yeah. And yeah, we're able. Once we go live, we're going to start building little APIs, very Hello World stuff, just to get people started. We'll do some Nostra works. That's obviously a growing ecosystem. Internally, we're going to do more and more research on Lightning integration because we think that's key. But that's that's where we are. Okay, perfect. A um, couple more questions. Um, these might be, be broader questions or we'll kind of like take left turns. But one thing I love is trying to get new devs into the ecosystem. And like one thing that's cool about Ordinals for me is that before Ordinals, you know, Bitcoin L1 seems like very elitist. Like it's very hard to grok. You know, not a good, not a lot of good tutorials out there, and so people went to L twos or they went to Ethereum because it's just easier to build on. Um, if you are a new dev, new ish, um, and you want to build on Bitcoin, like what what do you recommend they start on? This could be a hard question because you've been in dev for so long, so it's hard to like think back to your baby years. But like, if you were getting started, where would you point them? Yeah, I mean, I think look, Bitcoin core dev is is hard enough for you. You hit it and. It's a kind of a no disrespect to Bitcoin core guys, but it is a maintenance project right now. Yeah, obviously upgrades to Bitcoin take years. <laughs> a lot of shouting on Twitter as well. Um, 
Yeah, it's a hard one. I, I just think start building. I mean, if if a you know a Bitcoin dev came to me right now, I would stay. I, I'd actually send them to Nostra because that's a fun ecosystem. It's it's a bit crazy, very experimental, but I think you learn a lot. I mean, look, ninety five percent of the stuff in Nostra is probably not going to work, but they've got that kind of attitude of build first, throw it out, see what happens. And, and you know, Nostra is obviously heavily dependent, although it's not needed on Lightning. But, yeah, there's, that's why I would sense, it depends on their experience, but if you just want to have fun, if you want to understand the ecosystem, I would say, yeah, look at Nostra, maybe build some silly things in Nostra, like set up a Nostra node, get that, get sapping, get Lightning integrated. And, yeah, with Nostra, you can choose your language. If you don't want to do a, a low-level thing like Rust, you can, you know, there's stuff in Python there as well. Yeah, LMBits is written in Python, which is a different, you know, kind of a bit of a higher level. There's stuff in JavaScript as well, if that's what we want to prefer. I think the hard thing about learning coding in Bitcoin is is, is just the terminologies. There's things like weird Bitcoin scripting stuff that we take for granted, which people come into the space with. What's a taproot address? Well, what's a multi-sig? Stuff like that. Just, you just need to get that out of the way. And there's all the weird behavior of Bitcoin, which to someone who's been in Bitcoin for a few years is obvious. It's not obvious to new people. But um, we, we've we've had a lot of fun with Nostra. I think it's it's a, it's, it's a different culture. I think even if Nostra fails, and that's not me thinking it's going to fail, it's changed the culture on Bitcoin. And that's that's been positive. Okay. That's that, that's good advice. Um, I guess that last question I have, what are you most excited about right now? Like, and it could be, we can keep this broad. It could be Bitcoin, it could be non, it could be Bitcoin upgrades, it could be something else. Like, what what are you saying that gets you stoked right now? We can moan a lot. And if you go on Twitter, there's a lot of moaning. But the culture of Bitcoin in the last 12 months, say, the years changed. L2s, there wasn't many people building L2s. You could you could list all the L2 companies in your, your right hand. We were one of them. And now there's thousands. Now, I got a bit, a lot of these L2s coming out are crap. They're no better than counterparty. You know, that was built six years ago. In fact, those guys would be better off taking the counterparty code, <laughs> renaming a few variables, renaming a few classes, and then relaunching counterparty, honestly. But I think you're going to see innovation come through that. And you know, in cycles, 99% of the stuff that happens is crap. It's like the dot-com boom, where most dot-coms were junk, but out of it, we got Amazon and Google. I think you're going to see that on every cycle. So... Out of all the junk L2s we've got right now, you are going to see people that pioneer with zero-knowledge proofs. One person's going to get that right. That may improve things a lot. And I think that's the, the interesting thing. I think that's what's great. We we do have to develop a transaction. Four years ago, those guys wouldn't be anywhere near Bitcoin. They would they'd be like near, near, near protocol or something weird. And yep. they're, they're working on Bitcoin now, which I think is good. It's going to be embarrassing. Yep. There's going to be some bad things, but I think long term it'll it'll be good. Yep, I I cannot agree more. Like it's definitely going to be harder to to uh, maintain the signal through the noise, but through that, there's going to be a whole lot of badass good innovation once we get through all this kind of like hypey, frothy, noisy area. Um, it's going to be very, very, very good for Bitcoin. I I definitely agree. And, and I'm. A lot of people are hating on Lightning. I think maybe Lightning is not Visa. I think sometimes people thought it was Visa, but I think yeah. it's a B2B protocol. It's it's very good. It's unique. There's no way to send someone yeah, money any in, in a nanosecond around the world with no counterparty risk. 
it's just the, the non-custodial experience is not great. And, and maybe we never sold that. Maybe Lightning just stays as this L2 and yeah, one of the, the cashew-type people build a, an L3 to make it work. You have to be open-minded. But I think for what it yep. does, it's brilliant. It's amazing. And, uh, yeah, just when you think about it, businesses, you know, gaming guys, game developers, being able to settle with anyone in the world in a, in a microsecond, it's, it's nuts. We've never had that in the world. Totally. Yeah, it's also interesting that, like, I'm not sure if we would have thought this critically about lightning until we got like these crazy high fees for weeks and months on end where you got to see like the crash fray i think it, I, I don't know i'm not blaming anyone but for some reason i think people thought it, if you look at what ecash is people think lightning is ecash like i can have something in my mobile phone that's gonna be totally trustless totally permissionless and basically so easy for me to send any amount of money to anyone in the world and not pay any fees and yeah probably not gonna happen if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is that the old adage remains. And PayPal already invented that. And look what happened to PayPal. It's getting worse and worse. <laughs> right. 100%. 100%. Uh, well, man, Nick, this has been great. Any any closing thoughts you have or things that I didn't touch on that you want to like disclose right now? No, I mean, look, yeah. No, thanks for having us. Um, yeah, if you've got people who watch this who want to learn more, come on our Telegram channel. I also have a part-time job working on this open source initiative called CivKit. Um, won't go into big details, but that was really a, a combination of a few tools and ideas to basically you know, get, get the circular economy moving a bit more. Um, you know, anything I touch, will, I'll try and integrate into CivKit. But it's it's like it's open source. It's it's a way of doing a decentralized marketplace, um, but it's run like BTC Pay Server. There's no company. There's no there's no entity behind it. It's me part time. If I'm honest, I'm doing more project management and high level architecture. A couple of devs that are funded by people in the peer to peer space, namely Ray Youssef. And it's great. It's good. We'll try and integrate all the bits and bobs into it as well. Very cool. And I'll uh, I'll get all those links. They'll be in the description below for people who want to learn more about Mercury Layer or you or SivKit. Um, but yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been fascinating. Thanks for dropping knowledge about state change and Mercury. Uh, so yeah, appreciate you coming on, Nick. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for listening this far into the episode. If you found it enjoyable, please do like, subscribe on whatever platform that you're listening on. YouTube does me a huge favor to like and subscribe. Find me on Twitter at Jake Blockchain, show me some love. I replied to every DM. And if you are a Bitcoin builder that is kind of at the forefront of building new use cases, whether it's L1, Lightning, Stacks, Rootstock, Rollups, Ordinals, BRC20, uh, I want to talk to you. So when I'm not doing this podcast, I am the sourcing partner at the Bitcoin Frontier Fund, where we invest in Bitcoin startups at the earliest stages give you access to whatever you need, whether it's legal, product, fundraising help, as well as capital. So let me talk to you. You can hit me up again. Find me on Twitter at Jake Blockchain and uh, shoot me a DM. Uh, I'll read everything. Love to talk to you guys. All right. Peace. Welcome to Built on Bitcoin. I know that things don't always go your way, but I'll be right.